Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Uh, I'm sorry I'm your substitute teacher today. Uh, uh, Jacob and the family is uh, under the weather, a lot of bugs that's uh, going around. So uh, we sure appreciate Jacob. And I, I don't know many people that put as much time and effort and study and prayer into uh, a class than Jacob Simpson. I, I really, really appreciated his lessons on in Proverbs. And uh, he asked me to continue today. We're on chapter 7. Chapter 7. It's kind of an XXX rated lesson. I don't know if he was sick or not. He made it, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, the, the Bible is very direct. The Bible is very blunt. Sin is very real. And uh, hopefully we can draw some good practical lessons from uh, this uh, chapter today. Don't forget to tell Mary Lakato happy birthday. That's on my heart to say that today. Don't forget to tell her. She's, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not guessing age. 64. Are you 64? You. <laughs> I love Mary. One of, one of the finest ladies. What do you mean? So, um. We've been, we've been talking about wisdom here these past uh, few weeks, of course, in this, uh, in this Sunday morning class. I'm reminded of the words in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, as we start, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. That defines a fool, someone that doesn't have faith and trust in God, that thinks they're wiser than God, they're smarter than God. I remind of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 319, the wisdom of this world is folly to God. So if we've seen anything from any study of the Bible, especially the book of Proverbs, and we'd like to say the book of Proverbs has a lot of wisdom tidbits in it, or uh, practical points, practical lessons, practical applications in it for us to, to learn about the heart of God, and it's very true, especially today's lesson. This is a very practical lesson on wisdom today. And before we read some of the text, I'd like to break it down in four different compartments and then open up for a lot of discussion here today. But I found a, um, a book that I read years ago on Proverbs by uh, John MacArthur. And I just want to read you some of the thoughts that he thinks that the book of Proverbs is about. And I thought it was very, very good. He said, the book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrine is holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be saved, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, comfort to cheer you, it is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Here, heaven is open, and the gates of hell are disclosed. I thought that was a pretty good description of the book of Proverbs. So let's begin reading. Let's dissect this in four different sections. And uh, let's begin with this um, father talking to his son. To, uh, to be very careful, uh, to not go down a deep path, uh, the wrong path, that uh, would lead to a lot of, lot of uh, destruction. Proverbs 7, 1 and 2, my son, keep my words. 
and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. What are your thoughts on verse 1 and 2? If, of course, we know the context here, if you understand the context of why he said this, he says, son, keep my commandments. Keep God's word in your heart. What are your thoughts of this? If somebody started a letter to you like this, that's a very positive thing. What do you think about the apple of the eye, of your eye? What does that mean, the apple of your eye? Yes. The pupil. Yes, I read that this past uh, uh, evening. I thought of Dr. Shields. <laughs> I did. People, I. What else will you hear where somebody says, you know, hey, let, let, let's, let this be the apple of your eye. How else has it been used? Have you heard it been used before, the apple of your eye? Okay, the things you take pride in, the things that you, uh, that you love, the things that you dwell upon, the things that are very pleasant to you, right? So, if we look at God's Word, if we look at this, the teachings of God's Word, especially here in Proverbs 7, this is really good advice to this young man, isn't it? Be careful. Think of the consequences. <laughs> Be proactive not reactive. Don't put yourself in situations that could lead you to a path of destruction. Be conscious about it. Be aware of it. Any more thoughts in verse, these first two verses? I think it's a great start to this chapter to help this son to be very, very careful. Keep them alive. Notice that. Keep, keep God's word alive. A lot of people are dead. <laughs> a lot of people don't Understand, they become alive by having the Word of God in their hearts and by practicing and living, living the Word. Any more thoughts on that? Let's look at the next section, verses 3 and 4. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart, say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend. What, what is he saying here? Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. What is, how, what is he saying we are to do with the Word of God? Make it a part of every fiber of your life? What else? Very encouraging here. So much truth in these two verses here. I think that's the definition of wisdom, <laughs> is the application of knowledge. And all of us should be wiser as we get older and more mature, especially in the faith as God's people. We should be wiser. We should, the, tempta the things that tempted us should not be as strong. Can I say that? And our walk in Christ should be easier. 
We, we should sin less. Do you agree with that statement? I mean, as we mature. So all of us look back in our lives and say, wow, I was so, um, I was so foolish. <laughs> and I wish I had made. But, but mistakes don't define us. God's love and grace does. Comments? Uh, yes, ma'am. Very good point. Uh, when I said earlier, a moment ago, I don't know if you call this is a practical application of wisdom in this chapter. It, it, we're going to see why in just a few moments here. But uh, yeah, yeah, make it, make it your whole being. Have the Word of God excite you and, and, and read it, study it, look at history. <laughs> but look, look, look at those enemies that were always against God. What enemy ever won? Nobody ever won. God always wins. God's always right, always has been, always faithful, always. Comments, questions? Yes, ma'am. I'm older. No, you're not. Oh, that's a good point. You thought of that. Maybe that was my bad choice of words. Perfecting is a much better adjective. Perfecting. As we get older, as we get more um, wiser, then, then we pause more. <laughs> and, and hopefully, hopefully, we learn from the mistakes and the sins that we've, that we've done in the past, that we learn, that we don't continue to repeat them. So you're not older either. You're not. So, anyway. Any comments or questions? Three or four. Now, now the next section is 5 through 20. And uh, he says all of this because it's true. It's great advice for us. It's practical applications for us. How we need to keep the Word of God in our hearts. Keep His commandments. Um, that defines women. But then he says in verse 5, some very practical things that his son needs to do. And he says to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the window of my house I have looked out through the lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening, and at the time of night and darkness." And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, willy of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and on every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him. And with bold face she says to him, I, have, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you, and I have spread my couch with coverings, colored 
linens from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with mirth, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love to morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. How do you begin this discussion? Don't forget how we just prefaced it in this chapter. Keep the word of God in you, son. Keep it in your hearts, to your fingertips. Let your whole being. Don't forget God. Don't forget God. Don't forget God. What are the applications you see from this text? What was, let me ask it this way. What was this young man's problems? In this text, in this tech, uh, chapter, what, what was his problems? He had a few problems here. A few. <laughs> What's that? He, lacked sense. He, well, he definitely lacked sense. <laughs> definitely, yes, sir. Very good point. It definitely puts temptation in perspective, does it not? We'll talk about that in a few moments. What else? Yes, sir. It sort of bothers me that this is all the point of view of a man. What women would do to a husband. So I think there's some, some reason behind that. Maybe because of women were not in the educational system of things back in that day as, as they are today. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it would naturally, you know, not naturally, but maybe because of the times, mm -hmm. it would uh, mm -hmm. the point of like you could even read these things or try to mm -hmm. use lessons. Do you, do you have any comments on that? He's talking about the Seducing woman, but we know that the men are equally guilty or worse. Jacob will be here next Sunday. <laughs> and your client, no. <laughs> you know, I, I always thought, for example, like when the woman called an adultery, and uh, they said, hey, you know, they, they began to stone him, a stoner rather. And I thought for all long time, where's the man? <laughs> Is he not guilty as well? So, yeah, women definitely had a different, uh, there was a different perception of women in the society in which the time this was written. Very definitely. But not in God's perspective. That's right, not in God's eyes. I mean, this young man made a lot of mistakes. Uh, hopefully, I hope the few months we have today, we can learn from those mistakes. <laughs> learn. Now, your temptation might not be his temptation here. But, um, you know, we can talk about that in a few moments, too. Yes, ma'am. And we move on here. I was just going to say that. What stands out to me is that she doesn't come back at night. As almost as if God's not seeing. And we know God sees all things, whether it's night or day. or He sees the heart. He sees the actions. What stands out to me is that you think it's all right to do the sin. 
So people justify sin by doing it at nighttime, which is not, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, back to the original question of kids, this whole book is written to the perspective of yep. the son. So right. it makes sense that right. that, that, that people continue here. Um, but also I think one of the major um, mistakes that he makes is that he goes near and walks towards that's the point. We, you know, I think we, I don't know if it's in our pride or maybe just our stupidity, as it points out here, that we think that we can get near to sin and not get caught or burned by it. And um, particularly this sin, but I think just sin in general, we, I think we think that we're stronger than we are and that we get closer than we should ever. And I think one of the questions this passage verse eight eight nine books mm -hmm. is which direction are you heading are you <laughs> heading towards god or are you not mm -hmm. well our actions do flow from our hearts from our hearts and temptation is definitely there this is really some really good applications of temptation how to avoid sin temptation is not a sin is it it's given into that temptation and so he put himself in a situation that tempted him. He should never have been in this situation in the first place. Let's be blunt. Never been. If I'm on a diet, I should not go to the bunk cake store in Franklin. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't go buy it. I shouldn't drive by it. Um, if, if you have an obsession of, of spending too much money, you should go to the mall. I mean, that's, I don't, that's a bad analogy. <laughs> Maybe the, so, so the point being, your point is so well taken that he put himself in a situation he should have never been in in the first place. But he thought he could handle it, didn't he? But what do you do? <laughs> see what do you do? What other mistakes do you see that he's made? I think he made a few others. What other mistakes did he make that we can learn from today? Any other mistakes that you see? Yes, ma'am. Well, remind me of David with Bathsheba. What was David doing before he committed the act of adultery? He was. That's exactly right. That's, that's our main lesson of chapter 7 today. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. Who was his father in this chapter? Who, who was his father? Was it not Solomon? What I've understood. Not the greatest example, forgive me, <laughs> of a father who took on many, many wives, etc. But hopefully, I think because of the wisdom and because of the learning and him having the heart of God, you know, I think, I don't mean, I'm not standing up here today throwing Solomon under the bus. He made a lot of mistakes like we all do. All of us make mistakes. All of us sin. 
But the count, it, it just strikes odd to me, the counsel of a father to a son, to not, maybe don't make the same mistakes that I made. Don't do this. <laughs> don't follow this path. Don't make these choices because the choices we make in life have real consequences. Real consequences. And the most important choice that we can make in life has eternal consequences, does it not? And our, is where do we stand with God? Any more thoughts or comments? There's, there's a lot of, there's both sides, as you say, Ken, that it's not just, it's not just the woman. The woman in this situation here definitely uh, did not have verses uh, 1, 2, and 3, and 4, and 5 in her heart. <laughs> she did not. And uh, there's a, this is just one sin of adultery, but we could classify any sin, I think, in this, that we need to be cautious and careful and alert. That's right. Well, that's right. They're not, you know, Solomon's words. Right. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. I didn't mean to throw Solomon under the bus, but Solomon was, you know, asking God for wisdom, and, and God gave it to him, remember, and blessed him beyond measure of wealth and power and prestige. The Queen of Sheba came and never seen anything like it before. But yet he loved God, didn't he, in his, life, in his personal life? He loved God. And he, he, went, he went against God, and he paid the price just like his father David paid the price for gazing out a window one afternoon and lusting after another man's wife and trying to cover it up. Look at all the heartache and the headache that David had to experience because of that sin. And that's why we have, I think, I'm so grateful for the Word of God that protects us and guides us and gives us a roadmap of how to live this life today and not to fall in those traps. Temptation is real. Temptation is real. Yes, ma'am. Speak louder. I, I like how they put together commandments and understanding. It's one thing to know the commandments, it's another thing to understand. <laughs> yes, very true. Very true. So, and, and, and Proverbs has a lot to say about um, adultery. Adultery is terrible, it's a sin, it's not the way God designed it. God designed it for a man and a woman to be together and share, share those uh, relationships uh, with each other. That's the way God designed it. There's no man in this world going to change that definition of marriage. <laughs> they can try. They, they, they can justify their sin. Uh, my grandmother always said, Chad, there's two things you do with sin. You justify it or you repent of it. There's only two things you do <laughs> with sin. And a lot of justification going on today. So maybe he, may, I don't know if he justified it. Maybe he did, but uh, uh, I think one of the main, main points, as um, was stated earlier, that he put himself in a situation. Uh, we've got to be careful of, um, of not putting ourselves in those places <laughs> that we know that we're weak and where you, you might struggle in area. I don't struggle in area. That's why we need each other as a spiritual support group here today. So comments or questions on anything else about this uh, young man before we look at the last of the chapter here. And uh, I think the last part will, will certainly show us uh, the consequences of, of, um, of his actions or their actions. Anything else? Any other thoughts? Okay, let us, let's read verses 21 then through 27. With much seductive speech, 
Note that. She persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her. Look at this next part. <laughs> as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver, as a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. I guess the question now is it worth it? <laughs> At the end of the day, is it worth it? Is sin worth it? End of the day for the short pleasure? And if there was no pleasure, then there wouldn't be any temptation. So, you know, there. Uh, temptation is, is so real. Jesus was tempted, yet he didn't sin. But temptation has always been since the Garden of Eden till today. Even, in, even with each, each of us here, temptation, Satan is striving to destroy us. But if he understood the consequence, don't you think the outcome would have been a little different? Maybe. You'd like to think so. Anyway, you know, um, her speech was seductive. She persuades him. But who actually made that decision? <laughs> See, we always try, like you say, kid, we try the woman, the woman. Well, you know, it, it, forgive me for being cliche, but it takes two <laughs> here in this situation. And he is just as guilty. They are just, the men are just as guilty as this woman is. Impulse. It was impulse, just like a small child. Yeah. Yeah. But we could talk about that for a long time, couldn't we now? <laughs> That's a, I don't know if everybody heard her point that he, he follows her in verse 22. It was just like, it's like she um, sort of had a spell on him or something. She just, you know, perfume and beautiful, glamorous and... You know, she invites him, and her husband's gone. Again, she justifies it too, does she not? I don't know why. I don't, I don't understand why she claims uh, what, what has to do with her husband gone with a lot of money. I never understood that when I've been trying to this last night, but uh, I can't get that one. But well, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. He's going to be gone a while, so it just. Um, as a child of God standing here today, that this is just sickening. <laughs> and I have personally seen this in people's lives, that they've destroyed uh, their relationships. And Jacob's making this point every week in this class. You know, the consequences, the choices rather we make have consequences not just for us and our relationship with God, but it has consequences for our family and, and, and for the church. And the kingdom, I mean, there's it just, it's just a domino effect, it is. But uh, thoughts or comments? Yes, ma'am.
Right. But you also think about all the extra efforts that can't be made because of the energy. And especially when this happens, as you're younger, it can resurface. I have an acquaintance that's dealing with this after nearly 50 years of marriage with, because it just. And, uh, you know, you're not immune to it. Very good point. And not, not even mentioning the children. <laughs> that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother area of discussion, talking about the devastating effect it has on children too, to be specifically of adultery. And it's not just adultery, it's sin. It's sin. I mean, we could define it up here today. It's sin. Yes. told Eve it's going to be fine, didn't he? In the Garden of Eden. Oh, God don't want you to eat of this fruit. You know why? You'd be just like him. He's just telling you that. God's lying to you. <laughs> we see the effect. I, I suggest he didn't think of that or he wouldn't have ran and we just don't the cost yeah the cost of it yeah that's right it's just it's not a great comparison of, of, of Proverbs 7 to Joseph with Potiphar's wife I mean I mean what a compare I'm a total opposite when she continually threw herself on him uh, what, what did Joseph do? What did he do? <laughs> he, ran, he, he ran so fast. He ran, he ran so fast. His coat was in her hand. Get out of that situation. Don't put yourself in these situations like this. If you know it's a weakness, you know, get help. <laughs> With your brothers, sisters in Christ. Get help. Stop that. The pornography. If you know it's a temptation, don't do it. If you have an addiction to, 
to, uh, to watch it. I, I talked to a member of the church where I, our first work years ago, 19, oh my goodness, 78 or something like that. And I, I called her the day she was, she was in the hospital. I said, what do you do with your time all the time? She says, well, I have my TV. I thought, what a life. I mean, that's all she does. In her little part, she just has her television all the time. You know, that there's, there's work to do. There's things to do in the kingdom. Always something to do in the kingdom for to serve and to help and to uplift and encourage. Which will encourage you. But we've got to be so careful in these situations like this. Don't allow yourself to be in that situation. Be a Joseph. Not the young man that's in this chapter here. Thoughts or comments? A few more applications. Yes, sir. Manifestation of sin, right? right. And, and uh, the scripture I wrote this morning was First Corinthians one three nineteen. The wisdom of this world is folly <laughs> to God. Folly. Or in the end of chapter 6, the, the, uh, the person with uh, jealousy in his heart or, or the guy that gets, continues to be in debt all the time of his life and enslaved to that. I mean, one speech, one, I mean, there's folly. The world's full of folly, isn't it? I mean, the world's full of folly. The, the world is, is, I mean, if my trust and faith, I'm not going to be political. I'm not going to do it. If my trust and faith is in the United States government, I'd be, in, I'd be a wreck. <laughs> my faith in Christ. My faith is not in a president. It's not in a man. It's not in, it's not in an organization. And it's really not in the kingdom because I am the kingdom. <laughs> my faith in Christ. He's the one that will always be there, always has been, always faithful, always true. He's the only one that can save me. Uh, from my sins. He's the only one that can keep me in a relationship with God, and he's the only one that can get me to heaven for eternity. Period. This world's folly. I mean, don't put yourself in these situations. I keep repeating that over. Don't put yourself in these situations. No matter what that sin might be. No matter what it might be. I talk about, I've had, I, just, I want to admit to you today, unless I said don't do it, I'm going to admit. I've, I have a shoe folly can I say that? <laughs> These past three months, I don't know why, I love buying shoes. And I've spent a lot of money these past few months on shoes. Unless he says, you've got to stop spending money on shoes. Look at your closet. I said, but these are really nice shoes. <laughs> and if, if you, so I need to stop shopping for shoes. I need to stop that. that. I know that's a silly, maybe you might think a stupid illustration, but that's just one of many we could make up here today that, you know, um, I know Chip's not in the class, but Chip will tell you he has a sweet tooth. Is this recorded? I think it is. Yeah, okay. just make sure. Make sure. His wife won't let him have sugar, so he goes out and gets it. 
<laughs> he goes, sometimes he drives by a donut shop. Don't do it, Chip. Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. And you just, you look at it. And we're all that way. All of us that way. And it's that way, you know, we look and we drive by it. Oh, I remember that smell of that bakery. Oh. That was so good. We were in Hawaii a few weeks ago, and there's a, a lady told me, she said, Chad, it's the best cinnamon roll in all of Maui. You've got to go. Well, that's all it took, you know. So she said, you just turn down here, go to the end of the street, you turn left, and you see this huge bakery. And it says the best cinnamon rolls in Maui. And it was at least this big. It was. I bought three. But not just for me. It's for Leslie and Ashley. But I did eat two and a half of them. See, I don't need that. I shouldn't have done that. I don't need that. I, I don't need that. We, this, this man, I mean, when it said that he was like an ox, verse 22, going to a slaughter, was it worth it? Is it worth it to be unfaithful to your mate? Is it, is it worth it to live in an addiction of sin? Is it worth it? Is it the price too high to pay? And then in the last few verses, as we close here today, verse 24, And now, O sons, listen to me, and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her way. Stop it, in other words. Don't do it. Do not stray into her path. For many a victim has she laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. That describes sin. That describes the consequences of sin. This describes, this should motivate us not to sin, <laughs> shouldn't it? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going to tell this lie because then I'm going to be forced, and I've seen this with people, then you have to tell another lie. <laughs> and they create a web. And at the end of the day, it's just, it's just a total disaster for their, their, their family, themselves and their family. I've seen people, I know you have too, that have destroyed their health because of sin. They just don't care. Don't care. Sin is terrible. And it's so bad. And this is the last point in my notes. It was, it's so bad that God had to leave his glory of heaven to come to this earth to dwell upon this sin-infested people <laughs> that he created. But he loved so much. And he wanted a relationship with them so much and so bad that he was willing to die on a cross that we might have a relationship with God. That's how bad sin is. So wisdom, wisdom. Give me a few more thoughts before we close today of your thoughts. Yes, ma'am. Speak loud. Verse 27 talks about um, her house being on the road to ascending to the chambers of death. It occurred to me that that terminology they're going down to or descending to. This is not everything's good, I'm using wisdom, and I, one day I decide to jump off into the abyss of darkness. This is a gradual road. And those decisions that we make that are foolish 
take us one step further, and then we can hit a slide where it's just almost right. impossible. Say that last part again, because that's one of my main points I like to make in this class, the last part, about the slippery. It's a slippery slope. Once, once you make those... Those, those what? Those poor decisions. Those poor decisions, those poor choices that goes against God. That, that's, when the, that, that's when the slide begins, is it not? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And we, we definitely see that in this situation too. You know, I've never heard anybody, I've never had in my life, say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sin today. No, I've never seen that. Or, hey, hey I'm going I'm to leave the, the kingdom here. I'm gone. I've never heard anybody ever say that. I've never heard anybody ever say that. But it's the progression, it's the drifting, as James talks about in the New Testament. We drift a little bit, a little bit. He's participating in this. He, he shouldn't have stopped by. He should have walked on. He should have known better. He should have had verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 in his heart, and he wouldn't have done this. That's, that's the point of chapter 7. He should have done this. He made poor decisions, and because he did, the, the end is destruction. And it is today. Yes, ma'am. Who? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Progression, <laughs> um, you know, jump the chapter division here. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise your voice? Yeah, after all that, don't heed the voice of this woman. Heed the voice of wisdom. Wisdom's calling for you too. <laughs> Go toward her instead. <laughs> it's not just don't listen right. to this. this wisdom. She wants you to. And so I love how that, that bridges. It's not just leaving there. You know, I love that. I love that. Any last comments? I love that so much. Thank you so much for your attentiveness. Let's close in a brief word of prayer this morning. Father, we are so grateful for you. We're grateful for this uh, text of your word that we've had a, a few moments to reflect upon today. Help us, Father, to realize the consequences of sin, what it does, not just to us, but our relationship with you, Father, how it divides and separates us. And to help us to understand the consequences, help us to learn from your word and from examples of men and women that have fallen away from you, that we might learn from their mistakes. The study today, Father, reminds us of how grateful we are for the cross of Jesus, his death and burial and resurrection. We're grateful, Father, for that. That gives us life, that gives us hope, that gives us, Father, a place with you for eternity in a rest called heaven. Thank you, Father. Give us strength as we go this week. The prayer pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, God.